Disclaimer, this podcast contains adult language. Is it a pound coin in here? Remember football? Mind that. Remember St Johnson couldn't score a goal, but now they can't stop scoring. Remember games never used to get called off the day before they were to be played. Mind Scottish football used to be a laugh and more laughing stock. Well, let's face it, that last part isn't strictly true. However, in the last week, we've seen a handful of great goals and some memorable games. So sit back, reminisce, tuck yourself in, and good evening, and welcome to the Armchair Pundits. Hello there folks and welcome back to the Armchair Pundits with Lester Lindsay and Hammy Hamilton. In this week's episode we're going to discuss the Scottish team's performances in Europe, our thoughts on the old forum match, predicting this weekend's results, quickfire questions and the ever-present end of episode exam. I also want to give a massive thank you to everybody who got involved uh, for the giveaway that we've done on Twitter for a copy of FIFA 21. Also a massive congratulations to Callum for winning it and I look forward to teaching you how to play the game. Right, we'll start with the most recent events, recent events, recent events that have transpired in Scottish football. That's obviously being both Rangers and Celtic strutting their stuff in Europe. One definitely better than another. Stripping their stuff? Strutting their stuff. Right, okay. One obviously better than another. Rangers coming out victorious 2-0 against Standard Liège. Celtic taking a 3-1 defeat at home to AC Milan. AC Milan? I've realised I've done that. I meant to say AC Milan, obviously. Mate, see, since people were laughing at you last week for doing your Waterboy impression, I've <laughs> noticed that you've no stopped doing it. <laughs> You're not the Waterboy. Right, AC Milan then. Right, we'll start with, we'll start with I Rangers. I thought they were Italian, no Spanish. <laughs> we'll start with um, Rangers Standard Liège because that game kicked off first and it's also a bit more positive to talk about. Aye, very good performance from Rangers. The rain never helped one bit. The room was actually it was horrendous. I thought it was in Scotland when I was starting. Well, I, I didn't watch most of it, right? But I, I thought the game was in Scotland to the just the actual weather. I was disappointed because I don't know, just I felt a bit sorry for Belgium. I thought we were bad, and then you're you're going, fuck's sake, Belgium. Like you're better than this. There's meant to be a bit of sun. I mean, there's like it's meant to be a sunny country, is it no? No. Nah, I quite, don't know. They get chocolate, but ah, it's good waffles and that. <laughs> Blue waffles. Um, bad weather to good performances. Who James Tavernier, obviously. Tavernier, again, mate, I've done that. Um, keeps up this scoring record at right back, albeit it's penalties, but you need to score them. Aye, but why? You can only score what's in front of you, effectively. So. Uh-huh. I think the two fullbacks again, looked good. Uh, the overlap they do opens up so much space in the midfield for Rangers. They kind of... Obviously, Barisic took off, uh-huh. and Bassey came on, and he was outstanding. Yep. Despite the rain, he was still driving forward, and he kind of defied the, the laws of gravity and was going right through the puddle. I feel like I say laws of gravity every, <laughs> every single week. week. <laughs> he was like, I don't know, like the ball was stopping for a lot of players, but Bassey was still striving forward and or stripping forward. Or, <laughs> um, but he he was outstanding when he came on. He's a really good backup for Rangers, I think, yep. for Barisic. Uh, so. It's an option for Barisic because he's, he's similar type player, but he does offer something different. Uh, but again, the... the the work rate that the two fullbacks need to have in that Rangers squad to open up the room for the midfield is mm-hmm. quite outstanding, to be honest with you. And it allows so much freedom in the middle of the pitch. Uh, and I think we'll talk later on about the old term, but I think that's kind of 
how Rangers are established and are dominant in games at the moment. It's die. It's their style of play. Yep. So they're currently playing a four-three-two-one. It's quite easy to remember. Four-three-two-one. <laughs> and I'm booting going there. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I four-three-two-one just to be. It's just working a treat. They've been playing that system for a couple of years. A lot of the players have been there since Gerard got appointed over two years uh-huh. ago. So they've been playing it for a while and the chemistry's a lot better and they're getting used to each other. Yep. And that, as you said, the overlapping of the two fullbacks when you've got two inside forwards is just unbelievable. The passages of play, uh, play the passages of play mm-hmm. between midfield to front, it's just ridiculous. Aye. I I think see Scott Arfield, mate, he's Aye. far too good for Rangers. Yeah, he's getting he's getting better the longer he's at Rangers as well. Aye, I mean. so good man. But what I like about these fullbacks and I was I was watching the, the Tottenham West Ham game the other week and I noticed that the, the, again you, you, more common wing backs are getting up and down the pitch more and more and more and it's really interesting to see it because essentially you're playing with a front five again like they used to do back in the days. Like Aye, they always we- had hibs with the uh, I used to play a two, three, five. What was the um, famous front the, five? The famous five. That was it. Thank you. Uh, so your wing, your wing backs are essentially become wingers. Your actual wingers come inside, ten inside forwards, and you have the striker. Aye, brilliant to see it. Such attacking football. Um, and then they're pressing high up. Aye, I know what you mean there. Two, three, five. Aye, yeah, what you mean. Aye, uh, and Rangers, they're pressing very, very well. They're working as a unit well, and I think they're buying very, but like buying into Gerrard's philosophy. Do you think Morelos played well? Again, mate, I, I've not seen the game, I've seen the highlights and I, I turned it on oh, with five right. minutes left to go. I turned it on pretty much right before that Kemal Roof goal. You just start calling us a armchair pundit then, fuck <laughs> it. But um, no, mate, Morelos was poor. Was it? Really poor. It was his poorest game I've seen since when, maybe when he was carrying all that timber and if they was like, oh, fuck. He's <laughs> had a good lockdown, hasn't he? Against Leon, I think that was. No, sorry, Bayer Leverkusen. We are... I think against Celtic, oh, yeah, after the restart, uh, yeah, we yeah. will get to this. I think recently he's obviously not been in goal scoring form. Yep. I mean we can say that at least. But he's, he's doing deep. he's do, he's doing everything else. He's yep. playing a he's playing a system that seems to be suiting Rangers. His link up play has been good. He's he's hold up play has always been good. That's yep. never really lost. That's but never been in question. Right? That was what made his performance so poor against Standard Liège. Is every single touch that he seemed to take was. Going straight to standard Liège and I look, he wouldn't look at a place in the Hamilton side, would he? No, no, <laughs> he, he definitely wouldn't. He? Well, saying that, but <laughs> we'll get to that later again. Um, but um, yeah, I think that pretty much covers it. And then we get to the 90th minute. I mean, like, how do you even describe that goal? Staggering, just <laughs> staggering. Mate, how good was that? It was outstanding. It was absolutely phenomenal. I think I've got this thing that I have with goals for your own half rate. I never really rate them because it's always a bit kind of look up at the goalie, see if he's off his line, just hit it and hope. But it's not the strike itself. It's not like the ones you've seen in the past. It's not just a hit and hope. It's the move, the work that he does before it. It's a standard Liège one-on-one. He takes the ball away from McGregor and does really well as a commentator says to take the pressure off McGregor. Nutme- I think he nutmegs a boy mm-hmm. and then just scalps it for the half line. It's phenomenal. Have you seen many better than that? Goals? Aye. Well, I've seen... I'd, I've I'm not I, off the top of my head. I can't think of any. But um, do you see what Gerard said about it? Ah, it's the best he's seen live uh-huh. since ninety eight. Was it ninety eight? Since playing? he started playing football, it's the best goal he's seen live. Which I think is credit. That's a big praise for Kemal Roof. Uh, That'll be on his gravestone. Oh, I yeah, probably. <laughs> it's the best goal that Gerard's seen live. But it's probably the best goal I've ever seen. 
Not Aye. live, obviously. I was going to say live as if I was at the game. Just getting a flight home a couple of hours ago <laughs> for the show. But I we there as a neutral over you. I just 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 didn't watch, watch a game of Aye. football. I couldn't get tickets for the Celtic one, so <laughs> <laughs> so I decided to go to Belgium because they're letting fans in. But I just an unbelievable goal. Like yep. is, is he just thirty seconds before that as well? They had a glorious chance. Aye, so that's one v one clear Aye. chance. Aye. And just with the weather, it kind of slipped off the boy's foot. No idea who it was. Just a standard Liège player, but it slipped off his foot. And then Kemar Roof just does that. I mean, wow. How many times have you seen on like Twitter and Facebook already Kemar Roof raises the roof in Belgium? Ah, you know. Done to death already. It's been one day. Then it caused a wee bit of a brawl after the game. Well, if we an outstanding goal to a questionable celebration. If anybody knows this, by the way, can you please let us know what this, why this brawl started? If no, a, guy, a guy got to his on Twitter and says it's for his daughters or something. No, no, what started the brawl? Oh, right, so okay. eight L's for his daughter and his son. I think it's the initial kind of thing. But what, what started this brawl? Because it was know. the full-time whistle and it was just mayhem. I, I, I was thinking it was something to do with Anderlecht and Standard Liège. I obviously, oh, because he came out with Anderlecht, wasn't he? Aye, just aye, before aye. Rangers, that's who he transferred from. But I actually have no idea. But did you see Morelos? <laughs> Again, Carter with what, three different boys just aye, holding them back. <laughs> aye, so the wee clip that you see, it's like Kimar Roof and their coach. I don't know who it was. I don't know if he's our head coach or whatever. I don't think it is. I think it's just one of the coaches. Uh-huh. For standard Liège, he square goes, Kimar Roof. And you just see Morelos coming into it. And if he's obviously, oh, fuck. There's Morelos. Get him away from there <laughs> before he goes out. He, he's made for the moments, isn't he? Yep. So somebody's just... Came and carted them away, and then Al McGregor, I know, pure spitting. Yep. He's like, ah, you, you can pure tell what he no, says. That's right. No, you don't need, you don't need to be deaf to know what he says. No, nah, definitely. But um, is that covering for the Rangers game, would you say? Or eh, I've got one wee point about the brawl that I thought was really quite funny. Was it Kemal Roof? As you say, they were squaring up to one of the, well, getting squared up to by one of the Anderlecht staff. He's obviously not one of the people in this bubble, right, because he had a face mask on. Which I think is brilliant when you're going forehead to forehead to somebody with a face mask. Just I'll wear my mask, aye. but I'm a social distancing for you. Mate, no I did think that. I did think that. Like, Crazy. Aye, like, and all the, it caused a brawl, so all the players are then in the faces of the coaches, and yep. it's just like, for fuck's sake, like, now we are going to see the brunt of it in Scottish football and <laughs> just to go on the back of what, everything that's happened this week with COVID and St. Mullen and Kilmarnock, and now we might see Rangers. Um, Getting the victim in that. <laughs> suffering the same fate. So we'll go on to Celtic AC Milan. I think that game, it was pretty much as expected. Celtic have possibly the toughest group in the Europa League. That is the toughest group in the Europa League. Well, every single one of the teams that Celtic face in their group are uh-huh. currently top of their league. Are they? So you've so, got Sparta, Prague. Yep. Kinda, that's not really a shock. But then Lille are top of League 1. Uh-huh. League 1? Aye. Uh, <laughs> or... Um, who else? AC Milan. AC Milan they're, they're top of Serie A. Mm-hmm. So, um, that is just the group of death, as you say. And that game was kind of out of the two ties, you would go like that. Because Celtic and AC Milan have a bit of history, you yep. were thinking that's the game to watch tonight. Whereas Rangers have never played standard Leash before, ever. Uh-huh. In a, well, certainly not in a European competition. Mm-hmm. So, the Celtic and AC Milan game. The More last appealing time, for a neutral eye, definitely. Last time they played, 2013. Do you know the score? Was that the one? No, it wouldn't have been, was it? I was thinking it was the one in the extra time where Kaka scored the winner, but that was well before that one too. No, no, it wasn't. That was in the San Siro. Was it? No, when, what was the score? 
three nil, but Kaka did score. Did he? No, well, Kaka. Kaka. <laughs> <laughs> but um, a bit. I but <laughs> but nah, Kaka scored. So it has got a bit of history. We all know who was the players that scored for Celtic in that win. Steve McManus and Scott McDonald. They both oh, scored against AC yeah, okay. And remember the game that the Celtic fan ran on and in the parkhead. He slapped him and Dida acted. I thought, I thought Dida gets lashed. See, when I was watching that, I thought he uh, went down here. And, and you're just thinking it's in Glasgow. A wee guy's ran on the park. He yep. looks like a bit of a, a bam. looks a bit rough. He looks like a bam stick. And he just ran up, slapped him. And, that, and he's holding his face as if he's been slapped. And I was like, oh, no. Well, the thing but is with that, I thought put Glasgow in the map ended up he never touched them at all. <laughs> I thought it was quite funny. It was it was a tap on the cheeky got like a very very slight tap. He then went to chase him out of rage and then thought, "Off oh, a fodden." I, I, I know, I know. He's just done that. What if I have been slashed? I can't <laughs> feel it for the adrenaline. <laughs> I mean, we'll go back to the game. Uh, I think that was again another poor performance for Celtic, in particular Shane Duffy. He's not covered himself in no. a good light in the last two games he's you played. You could actually say, and I know it's a bit of a stretch, uh-huh. but you could say that Shane Duffy's been at fault, or certainly played a part in the fault of Celtic's last five goals, i.e. the three yes, against yeah, Milan and two against Rangers. Yep, I think that's very fair to say. It was poor to start the game I think the first half of that game I thought was pretty even obviously AC Milan going 1-0 up but I think Celtic maybe the first 20 minutes of the better team um, but the, the confidence seemed to drop away when they went 1-0 down I don't know if there's a confidence issue then I've obviously seen how they played at the weekend and it's dragged into this game but even players that you'd expect you just expect to have good games like consistently like Callum McGregor you, you just know he's you're getting a shift out of him he was poor last night he's been not the greatest the past couple of games, but he's been say. like he's always been there or thereabouts. Like, cause I, you know, you're getting a turn out him. Last Aye. night, he was not existing. He actually, Brown I think it was the same really goal. Game just well. sprinted into Shane Duffy, then tried to take a position, and it's a goal straight away. Um, Barkas, he's no looking worth money at nah. all. Nah, he certainly doesn't. He looks like me a lot better than the Dino. So, because <laughs> <laughs> I like it, I will say, Laxal, I thought I had a good game. Last night he was. He did actually. He yep. he did. He he's one positive. He didn't have a bad game against Rangers either. But he was good last night. Yeah. If, if you're going to give any Celtic player pass marks for last night, it was him and then the subs that they brought on. They seemed to change the game for yep. Celtic. The second half, when Celtic went to a four at the back instead of a three, yep. they were a totally different team. It was night and day. Like Rodrik was unbelievable when he came on for Celtic and. Who else did they bring on? Christie, he came on. He was very good as well. I'm not quite sure why he never started. I think it was just like... He's no played at the fitness, fitness and, yet, maybe. Fitness um, and COVID and blah, blah. Obviously still missing Eduard as well. I, he's apparently he's back doing light training, like jogging and stuff like that. But apparently <laughs> Light quite... training, like jogging? You think that's light training for a professional footballer? <laughs> Don't have 10 minutes in the treadmill. <laughs> <or not. laughs> I think it is, but I don't know. I don't know. I would guess it's a bit more than ten minutes in the treadmill, but I, I don't think. I don't say that, but <laughs> <laughs> you said that. Yeah, but a poor performance. I think. But you, I don't think Celtic would have been expecting much. I don't think many Celtic fans would have been expecting a win last night, especially after the weekend's performance. No, and although they did get beat three one, they lost a really poor goal at the end. Duffy switched off again. Again, yep. I so it's just a bit unfortunate for him. I think he's going to be a good player. I think everyone can say that that Duffy's a very good centre half. He's just not 
in the big games that Celtic have had so far during his tenure, yep. he's not been at the races. Yeah. Started off with a goal, but he's fell off. I think that's a fair assessment. Aye, but Celtic here so far. Probably a positive that you can take for the game for Celtic is that they're looking for answers. Just now, there's obviously a weakness in their team. I mean, we'll get to the old firm game, as I've said, but there's a certain, there's certainly a weakness in their team just now. And last night, maybe just for whatever thirty minutes or whatever, uh-huh. showed that maybe the weakness is the formation doesn't work. I, 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 I believe this either three five two. I think the issue comes in the midfield because mm-hmm. if you play McGregor and Brown, it's too defensive. And it's so you're getting away with that against your Ross Counties and your Livingstons and your Hamiltons and your bottom your, your bottom six teams in that in that league. But when it comes against any team of real real quality, it doesn't allow you to play out. It forces them to play so defensive because you've got three centre backs and two hold midfielders that just sit on their toes. There's no way to play out. The only option is give it out to the wing backs and then it's easily dealt with. The only player in the full Celtic team that, that suits is Laxalt. He is by and large, yep. suited to a left wing back position, right? But see, every other player, and like every other player that plays for Celtic, uh-huh. I bet you they would rather a 4 2 3 1, for example. They'd rather 4 at the back, right? Because look, it will go through just quickly. I get what you're saying, but I think there is a case to be made for Frimpong as well as a right wing back because it allows him more freedom to go forward. And that's his biggest strength as going forward. Defensively, it can be shaky. I know, but he can still there. play. They can still play left and right back. Ah, uh-huh, yeah, of course. So Shane Duffy. He played a four at the back for Brighton, uh-huh. so he's obviously more familiar with that, and it really suits him better because uh-huh. I feel like over the last two games, certainly he's been really looking out for Walsh. Yep, or Welsh. Sorry, is it Welsh or Walsh? Welsh, Welsh. Yeah, right, Wales will go. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but he's been really looking out for him, so it's not really worked in that sense, and they've not got a ball playing centre back. Yep. So when they go to a two, it gives an extra player in the midfield, and that's. Good for them playing their football. It makes the attacks easier to build. Same with Ayer. He's obviously more accustomed to that. And then you look at, well, James Horace, once he comes back, he obviously doesn't like playing a right wing back. He'll then move out to the right wing. And then you'll have Elanoussi. You'll go back to his natural position. So I think it's good. I'm not saying that Celtic should go back to a 4-2-3-1. I think they should play both options. So see if they're playing Aberdeen this weekend. Yeah. For example, right? Uh Aberdeen play three at the back, so but Celtic can outmatch Aberdeen. Aberdeen yep. So then they play the three at the back. Whereas uh-huh. when Celtic are playing Rangers and they're playing another team that are four at the back, maybe in the Europa League when yep. they play Lille or whatever. Yep. Then they play their four at the back. Mm-hmm. Well, I think what's interesting watching AC Milan was obviously they have the big presence in Ibrahimovic up top. They have Brahim Diaz on loan from Real Madrid, and they have some real, real talent in that squad. There's no taking away AC Milan are fantastic, but they were. Very, very tight when Celtic were at the back. And when you have that back three with two wing-backs and two midfielders sitting right in front of them, it makes it easy to pin them in. Press them press them when they're near their own box. And, I mean, it shows me Scott Brown almost giving it away in his own box. Very, very unlike him, I must say. He's usually missed very, very composed. But that that, that didn't look like the Celtic that you're used to seeing over the past nine years. It no. looks like a complete different team. And as I say, I think the formation is the main issue. How good was he, bro, by the way? Just a quick note. Yeah, he's, he, he's phenomenal. He's, the guy's something else. He just ran that game. Especially in the first half. See, just the wee passes and all that. He was playing through uh, balls and passes to play. He was outstanding. Can you play the game with his eyes shut? Oh, aye, definitely. Ibrahimovic um, famously won many, many trophies in his career in many different clubs. Everywhere he's went, he's been a kind of serial winner. 
the one trophy that's always eluded him in his illustrious career, well, club, because let's face it, you're winning fuck all with Sweden, right? He's never had the Champions League. Champions League obviously returned this week with some interesting results. Just a quick prediction for yourself, who's winning it? I'll go with a team who's never won it before because due to the fact that, well, look at the top five leagues in Europe, you've got a weird team at the top of that. So you've got AC Milan, Leo, Everton. <laughs> what was the other one? Who's the top of... Spanish. Spanish is no Barca. It's no Barcelona or Real Madrid, put it that way. Um, and the... German is Leipzig now. So I think just in terms of that, I'll go with an outside team probably, well, I'll say outside team, but they're probably up there with the favourites, Man City. Man City for it. Man City. I'd love to see it. Uh, However, I don't think it's going to happen. I'm going to go probably the most boring guess you can go for, and I'm going to say Bayern Munich. Aye. Aye. They've got real talent, they just need to pump after the play. Aye, they're shagging them. Aye. I'll tell you who I'm not picking though. Who? Real Madrid. No, they're pish. I wouldn't go as far as Pish, right? They'd still... well, they get beat off of Shakhtar Donetsk. They get beat off Shakhtar Donetsk, aye, but I think they would still give most teams in the world a run for their money. Did you see any of the Real Shakhtar game? Did you watch any of them? i just seen the third goal for Shakhtar and that Edir Militao was just jogging back. Aye, just lazy defending. I like how Real Madrid kind of imposed herself on the European stage. They still started herself on the European stage this season as the Hamilton Aquis of Europe, the kings of the almost comeback. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's quite a good analogy, aye. And I think it couldn't have been any more of an almost comeback, judging by the fact that they had two goals ruled out by VAR. Sorry, aye. Uh huh. The second one being a 90 second minute equaliser that was ruled out for offside. Yeah, boy, never even touched the ball. Don't get me wrong, it was an offside goal, right? But it's just a strange decision. Mm-hmm. A strange series of events, as you say, the decision was pretty straightforward for the ref. Um, Let's go straight into it here. We've done our Old Firm special, kind of leading up to the game, building up to the game. Uh, obviously, Celtic, over the last 10 years, have been the dominant side in Europe. You spoke about the pendulum at great length in the Old Firm episode. Do we think the pendulum seems to have swung? I'm trying not to be over. No, I, w- I wouldn't say it was swung. No. It's just areas of dominance. So, until Rangers can win a trophy, then we maybe can startling in it or a runner trophies Aye, right, but okay. currently this pendulum is still in Celtic's court Rangers are trying to catch the pendulum if you like yeah right okay um, I'm trying to put like a bit of friction on the pendulum you know what I mean put, put like a break on it. Aye, aye. putting a bit of aye. pressure on it to try and accelerate it back in their court aye but Rangers were by far the better team I called it by the way I just want to throw that in there so you did two so I'm, Rangers I'm the only one between everyone who done a prediction on the armchair pundits they got the result, <laughs> albeit it was just me and you, but I still got it right. No, there was a few on Twitter, but they all got it wrong as well. I know, that's what I'm saying, that's what I'm saying. Oh, I'm sure it, yep. Um, Rangers, far better team. Uh, I think Steven Gerrard got his tactics absolutely spot on, and I think Neil Lennon got his tactics horribly wrong. As we spoke about already, the AC Milan game, this 3-5-2 seems to be a bit of a joke. Uh, I think we'll talk about how good Rangers were rather than how poor Celtic were to start with. Right. Um, controversially, I don't think I don't think that's the best we've even seen Rangers this year. Right. I think they obviously played well and they were the better team, but I don't think they even got a first gear in that game. I think Celtic were so poor that Rangers coasted it. They never looked, Rangers never looked stretched, apart from that one chance in the first half where Elianus said, Golden, can I make a bit of an error? Elianus was through, went to Dinko over McGregor and he's put it near the front of Rose Ed. And that was their shot on target right there. 
they obviously didn't record a shot on target, which is what is the biggest disappointment for Celtic fans. Yep. And Celtic players, for that matter, or Neil Lennon, but that was their chance. And if what can Neil Lennon do realistically there? The games that won now to Rangers yep. at that time, they have a glorious chance not long after it. See mm-hmm. when you equalise a goal straight after. It galvanises the side. Especially yep. in an old firm. So when Rangers scored, if Celtic went up the park and showed their intent and made a statement like, we are back in this and they're back in it with a bang, uh-huh. that was their chance. And it felt to LNOC. And what can Neil Lennon do there realistically? Yep. Albeit he should try and get the team more shots in target, but that was a goal. That was a golden opportunity. Yeah, but it's hit off his shin. I I think Rangers. I said sorry. I, I maybe want to correct myself. We about here. I said Celtic were very very poor, and Rangers were coasting. They didn't have to play good, but I think the first half actually was more even than folk would give credit for to Celtic. I think the first half came down to a team taking a chance and a team not because Bar Golden's first goal. By the way. I, We'll come back to how Conor Goldson's managed to score two goals in old for in a minute. But um, Goldson's first goal, um, I think that's pretty much the only chance that I can remember the Rangers having in the first half. Like, good chance. Obviously, there was kind of wee half chances here and there, but like Tavernier's volley. Um, Barisic had a good chance as well, but he uh-huh. skied it. Rangers had one good chance, Conor Goldson scored. No, it. I totally agree with you there. I think the first half was more even than people remember. Uh-huh. But... Rangers played the same in the first half as they did in the second half. Yep. It was down to Celtic's performance in the second half. Aye. So basically, and I totally agree with what you're saying earlier about Rangers didn't look the greatest and they didn't come yep. out of first gear. Didn't have to be. But they did exactly. So they stuck with a game plan and that was evident in the first half. Yep. They Celtic dominated possession in the first half. They mm-hmm. didn't so much dominate in the second half, but by and large, Celtic had more possession in the game. But Rangers tactically were unbelievable. Aye, well, Def- let's be honest, Celtic have more pos- more possession of the game, right? But the, the, have you seen this stat come up on Sky Sports about four or five times? The, t- the most touches in the game for the Celtic centre-backs, and that's because Rangers go 2-0 up, and they, they park the bus. Why, why would you not? Mm-hmm. It's your biggest rivalry. It's a league-deciding league fixture. Not this early, right? But that is going to be the game to decide this league, as the meetings between those two. Yeah, I right? suppose. Um, so Rangers are 2-0 up, They've got the game almost wrapped up. I mean, you can never say the game's wrapped up until the final whistle, but aye, sit back. Let Celtic pass it a bit the back because it's not doing anything. Mm-hmm. And it kind of skews the, the idea. Stats can skew the game. Stats can skew the idea of that game, right? They can make you think that Celtic dominated the ball and passed it about brilliantly. Just looking at stats of that game, wasn't the case. Mm-hmm. As you said, they had no shots on target. Um, they had no presence in the game whatsoever. There was not one player that I can think of in that Celtic team that I would say had a good game. I know. I just don't know what the game plan was. So you look at Rangers' game plan. Usually, as we've spoke about, they play a 4-3-2-1. Uh-huh. Barisic and Tavernier overlap those two inside forwards at uh-huh. all games. Yep. Whereas in the Celtic game, I don't know if you noticed, but they never done that. No, they sat right. back. They played as a back four. They wanted... Celtic to come at them oh, but Celtic literally didn't have anything yep. Rangers front front uh, Rangers front three were so deep like see uh-huh. Kent Morelos and Barker they uh-huh. were so deep and I think see when you look at the lineups before the game mm-hmm. there was obviously a lot of talking points about the Celtic one because obviously Walsh and Welsh 
Wales, sorry, Wales. And, <laughs> um, Edward, Christie and stuff like that. But you look at the Rangers one, the only surprise inclusion you would have in there was Barker. And I yeah. was racking my brain and racking my brain thinking, why has he started Barker ahead mm-hmm. of Hadji or Aribo? Obviously, he's not 100% fit, but you would probably have him in there before Barker. Yep. But as the game went on, and I don't think Barker necessarily played well, but it became I don't evident. I think he played bad. I think Barker gets a hard press because he has had typically bad performances, but I think in that old firm game, I don't think he was bad. He stretched the game well. He had a couple of good chances, well, not chances, but a couple of good times where he beat a man and played the ball well. And sadly, it never came to anything, but I think I think he actually had quite a good game. Well, that's what I was just about to say there. I was racking my brain thinking, why has he started? Uh, and as the game went on, it became clear yeah. that he started there to accommodate Laxalt with the left wing back area. Yeah. Barker's got pace. Hadji oh, yep. is as slow as a week in jail. Uh-huh. Aribo's not 100% fit. Yep. Jordan Jones is more direct. And Jordan Jones is more a left-sided player as well. Yeah. But Barker just tracked Laxalt. And that was the weakness in Celtic's team. Yep. Laxalt and Frimpong weren't sure what to do. They were expecting Tavernier and Barisic to push up uh-huh. and give them freedom. But that never happened. Tavernier and Barisic sat. Mm-hmm. And in the front three, sat really deep. Mm. So Laxalt and Frimpong did not have a clue what to do. And then the other disappointment for Celtic's game plan was see their three at the back. So Welsh, Wales, well, <laughs> Wales, yep. Wales, Duffy and Ayer. As you said, they played the ball between the each other. Game, they didn't have, see, see when you think about it, they didn't have a ball playing centre half. They didn't have a centre half who goes, right, we are overloaded here. Uh-huh. Rangers are playing really deep. Even Varelos is and playing as a centre yeah, mid. Half, At times, Arfield was further forward than Morelos. Mm-hmm. They didn't have a centre half that went out and played the ball. Yeah, they didn't attack and that, bring players that. out of position and upset Rangers formation they just didn't have that because they weren't sure on the formation that Rangers were playing and the style of play they played a totally different performance to what Celtic were probably expecting with all the injuries and Covid issues that Celtic had they probably expected Rangers to come out and be more dominant in possession most I should be aggressive about it I I think out of those three centre-backs as well and this is what confused me about this 3-5-2 when you learn um, obviously with the 3-5-2 you need ball playing centre-backs right that's abundantly clear they, I think they would have done it if it wasn't for I know that Welsh didn't play his best game right I didn't think he was bad to be fair. I didn't think he was bad but I think that was a weak point in their game yeah. because he's inexperienced and I felt Duffy was trying to look after him too much and Ayer was trying to accommodate the two of them as well Aye, just, if Julian's here you think they're just playing it about the back like what Welsh should have done if that was Julian then Ayer or Julian would have been in the ball playing centre half. That's what I'm trying to say. But yeah. Welsh never done that. Welsh was just playing the easy pass. He didn't want to make a mistake. He's inexperienced as. Yep. And Duffy was just probably trying to make him more comfortable in the game. And that was a weak point in their game. Because yeah. when they had possession, albeit they had the lion's share here, but when they had possession, they didn't do anything from it. Yeah. As I was saying, you need, when you're playing that three to the backs, system you need your centre backs to be able to play the ball move the ball and we know we've seen Christopher I do it a million times he even done it later on in the game and New Lennon in the 83rd minute eventually changed to a back four which by the way that change came far too late for a Celtic oh, perspective 100%. That, that change could have been made 20 minutes prior um, I think you might have seen a different end to the game we'll never know 
because that change is made far too late. But Ayer bombs forward, plays the ball through to Griffiths. He gets through. Honestly, stays in his feet, but you could argue stupidly stays That's in his feet. That's a split second, but it? it's a split uh-huh. second. He thinks he's going to take it with McGregor and yep. whatever. But what about Clamalla? Two weeks out, I just want to stay on this take-the-back thing. So Neil Lennon's obviously decided he wants to take the back. He's bought his left wing back. We've got a left wing back in. Laxal got another striker, Najetti, and he's brought in Shane Duffy. And Shane Duffy's not a ball-playing centre-back. He's a big unit. He's a lump. Like when he was at Brighton under Chris Hutton, they played a kind of rugged style and laid, played the ball long and just rigid defensiveness. Now that Graham Potter's in, he's trying to play football with them. They've offloaded him because he's not able to do that in that league. And I don't think he looks like he's able to do it in this league either. That's no as strong as a skill set. Ah, it goes back to a little more saying maybe a four suits him better. Yep, a hundred percent because it gives the midfield more freedom rather than having to rely on defence to that and defenders that don't seem to have the ability to do it. Bar Ayer. Ayer, I have to think, Ayer's phenomenal at it for this level. Mm-hmm. I think he's probably one of the best you'll see in this league at it. But I was disappointed with the, the, the game as a whole and I think it was a boring game. Um, and I think a large larger that's down to, as we spoke about before, the game was a lack of fans. Aye. Um, you could uh, bet your life on it that if, that's, if Celtic Park's full of 50-odd thousand Celtic fans and Celtic were playing that way, it wouldn't have been accepted. No, they wouldn't have put up in that at all. Yeah, there would have been so much noise coming out for the stands and put a bit more pressure on them. But that playing the ball at the back, they just seemed comfortable and ran out of ideas. And it was there's no one to kind of call them out and put pressure on them. Mm-hmm. What about Clamalla, just quickly? He's a ghost, wasn't he? I think that shows why Clamalla wasn't picked for Ferenc Faros. In that game, Celtic's two big games this season have been Ferenc Faros and Rangers so far. Yep. The Ferenc Faros game, they didn't have a striker fit mm-hmm. apart from Kalamala, and Neil Lennon decided to start the game without a striker. Yep, and that spoke volumes to everyone. I think this guy isn't he trusted. I he's fourth choice striker for Celtic, but he's not trusted. And I think in that game showed that this guy's out his depth. I he might score a goal against St Johnson. I he might score here and there against Motherwell and. Hamilton, I think he scored against as well. Aye, did I? Of course, I think he scored against Hamilton. <laughs> but against Rangers, he was totally out of his depth. And I think that's strange that he even started the game. Why not give a jetty or Griffiths 45 minutes? First 45, aye. Start your game as best as you can. Don't try and claw a game back. Force it for the start, especially when you're at home. Do you know what I mean? Aye. It's such a strange system. I've no idea what he was trying in Clamalla. Maybe if he started next to a Jetty or a Griffiths or an Edward, someone who knows how to lead the line, he could have found pockets of space. But having two... I, th- I, I think Clamalla's more of a wide man, right? He's happy to drop deep. He doesn't kind of stick on defenders. Two players that are happy to drop deep made life so easy for Rangers. It just was so confusing because a couple of days after the game, Neil Lennon's came out and says, a Jetty and... Griffiths aren't fit enough to start the game and then last night we see them start against AC Milan uh-huh. and you're just like well are they fit enough or do they know and if they, if they aren't fit enough how do you get them fitter uh-huh. you give them 45 minutes each why couldn't they do that yep. that's what I just couldn't understand for the for the team line up and that was probably the fall of Celtic Aye. but just quickly, we'll talk about who was your man in the match. Well, we'll go for the Celtic to rampant Rangers then. Aye. My man in the match, it's a toss-up between two. We put Aye, out, it's uh, going we, to be the same as me. Yeah, we put out a poll and it was golden, 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 golden. But I feel quite bad for leaving out Glenn Kamara after having he watched outstanding. kind of the game back and stuff. Glenn Kamara. Didn't realise at the time the work that he was doing. Having watched it back and seen 
the amount of, like, as we said, Frimpong didn't really get a chance to get going, and I think that's largely down to the work of Glenn Kamara. Celtic looked weak in the middle of the pitch, and the only real option and avenue they explored was going out wide. And Gerard very cleverly just said to um, Kamara and Davis, when the wing-backs push up, use your full, use um, the full-back and yourself and create a wee box. Don't let them go anywhere. And I think, honestly, I think Celtic miss Ryan Christie more than anybody can really understand because Frimpong, don't know what lacks out because we haven't really seen them play much together, right? But Frimpong runs up that right-hand channel and he plays a ball into Christie and he knows he can expect the one to. That's the two of them link up and they do that beautifully. Frimpong plays the ball in and he just sprints up the wing and Christie just kind of touches it off his foot, plays it through and Frimpong's onto it. That didn't happen because of whatever reason, Olive and Cham. But sorry, back to... Oh, no, go to, go to and Cham there, out. just as you mentioned him. Passenger. He was pish. Yep, he had one shot in the start, the, the first half, sorry, to the edge of the box. I think that's... I think he it. was up there with, a, with the worst for Celtic. You Aye. could actually say, just when you're comparing him with like Glenn Kamara, who cost Rangers 50 grand. Yep. And well, that full midfield. 50 grand of Brian Jackson. No, no, and, and what about Barkas as well? 5 million they spent on him. Yep. And did you see that tweet I was saying earlier about Barney the Dinosaur? Barney the Dinosaur. <laughs> uh, just because of that stripping in his arms as well. I don't know what he'd done for Goldson's first goal, but it was a bit shocking. He gets a strong hand to it. That's got to say. See what right. I'll never understand as well for Celtic? Why did they not get David Marshall? Like they've just spent 5 million on Barkas. Yep. They could have got David Marshall on a free. He's literally just joined. Derby, Derby. Yep. <laughs> on a free there, and he would definitely. Like him. He's a Celtic fan. Yep, started a series Celtic, as you know. Exactly, and they could have got him in a free, but they've opted to go away. This kind of unknown Greek goalkeeper. Well, they played against them in Europe a couple of years ago. They did have a good game. Undeniably, had a good game, but that looks like it was a one-off. So what we've seen about Castle, I don't want to write him off so early because <sighs> he's had a few bad performances, right? But I don't think he's necessarily a bad goalkeeper. I think it's a bit early to say that. Um, and when we talk about Celtic's back, Celtic's defence that game, they weren't really tested. The issue was Celtic's forward line. And I think, I've amazed if none of us have spoken about it yet, is it's due to Rangers' defence. I mean, it's the signs had been there all season that was going to happen. Rangers at the back have been outstanding. No, no. They broke the record for the most clean sheets at the start of the season that was held for Celtic for 19 canteen. <laughs> they don't... That defence is so organised, so rigid in the midfield as well. That system seems to be working for Steven Gerrard. The players have bought into it. They've been playing it for two years. It's now really looking like it's in full swing and full effect. I don't want to get carried away and say that this is a, it's a downturn of Celtic and it's Rangers becoming the dominant force, right? Because it's one game and you, you kind of can't do that. But I was just astounded at that performance. Nah, I think a lot of... What I was surprised from the game is how many Celtic fans are calling for Neil Lennon now. Yeah. That speaks volumes to me. Like, the performances haven't been there this season... They've looked poor against average teams. They get put out of the Champions League. Ferenc Faros, yeah. Against Ferenc Faros. The game against Rangers, albeit they did have a lot of key players missing, and you yep. can't take that away. So did Rangers, though. They didn't have Joe Aribo. They didn't have Kimar Roof. Mm-hmm. So maybe slightly similar to Celtic, although Celtic had to start with Welsh, which was a big, probably their biggest talking point. Yeah. But for a team who have had probably the best transfer window you ever remember Celtic ever have. I mean, can you remember Celtic spending that amount of money on players? I, th- I think there's a difference between spending money and having a great transfer window, though. I mean, you can spend money blindly and it can be wrong. No, I mean, but you would agree that... Before you've seen them, the signings looked good, yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah, like, they've spent so much money. 
Aye. Yeah, Barkas is again as we said we've seen him against we've seen him against Celtic with the Athens and he looked a good player. That's right. Lacks out Milan, a jetty I thought it's five million. Yep. Like They're Duffy good. was a two million loan fee. Lacks out probably similar. Barkas five million. Mm. And else <laughs> <laughs> not off the top of my head, but it's, aye, the the business looked good, but something there's something there that's no working. Can it all be the formation? Is it the personnel, maybe? Is it the fact that they never signed John McGinn? Speaking of John McGinn. Uh-huh. That leads us nice into the starting 11 for this week, doesn't it? You think we meant that? Aye, you would think. <laughs> we didn't take a break there or anything. <laughs> <laughs> you want to introduce the starting 11 this week, Amy? Yes, uh, I'll take great pride in doing that. So the starting 11 is a wee segment that we do every week. The reason that we do it is because it's something that we and various others, our pals and stuff like that, have done since school. Yep. So you would say, start at 11 on your favourite beers. Start at, it's basically your top 11, but yep. you just dare start at 11 because it's relevant to football and you like to pick formations and make it stupid. And, and if stuff they call like it a start at 11, it doesn't necessarily be need to be a top 11. It can just be 11 or whatever we want, which is kind of like it is aye. this week, I suppose. I suppose, I So this week, start at 11 is on pairs of brothers. So we're going to name you 11. Well, usually we do a manager as well, so effectively be 12. Pairs of brothers this week in yeah. a combined starting 11. So I believe you've got the goalkeeper. I do. I've got Robbie and Ross McCrory in goals. Now, I know only Robbie as a goalkeeper, right? Mm-hmm. Ross is centre mid, centre back, right back. Whatever you want it may be, pretty much. He seems to be he's a utility, a big utility player. He seems to be whatever you ask him to do a job, he'll do it kind of player. Um but interestingly enough, Robin McCrory at career Rangers never got a competitive game in goals. Ross McCrory, however, did. He had to play in goals after was it I believe an injury. An injury a sending off. Ross McCrory got a competitive game in goals before his brother Robbie did at the club. Ross, Robbie obviously is also now at Livingston, Ross at Aberdeen, but they were both in this Scotland setup, which I think the reason we've done it this week is because the uh, McCrory brothers and who is ours? McGinn brothers, both in the Scotland squad. I two sets of brothers. Yep, unbelievable. Um, which actually leads on to our right wing back, because we've got my back five this week, our right wing back quite nicely of the McGinn brothers. So we have John, Stephen, and Paul. Paul, thank you. Paul McGinn, all three of them have played at Hibs. John McGinn seems to be one of the Scotland's fan favourites. He's a midfield man, he's better than Zidane. Um, <laughs> and Paul establishing himself as a Scotland kind of squad player. Uh, he's, <laughs> I don't think he's made an appearance yet. No, but he's he's been in about the squad. Um, his big brother got my it's kind of like I always remember when uh, when you were young and it was like oh what your brother's going out and it's like take your wee brother with you aye. it's like John McGinn's been telling off his mortgage take him <laughs> in the Scotland aye, squad I suppose aye uh, and now Stephen's following in their footsteps by joining Hibs as well from St Mern yep. every single one of them joined Hibs from St Mern <laughs> it just epitomises that bond or friendship that St Mern and Hibs have and it's just worth mentioning as well that do you know that their da oh no sorry their Oh dear, I've missed, I've messed this up. I think it's our grander, sorry. Uh-huh. Used to be a chairman of Celtic. Did he? Well, he's a bit. <laughs> I was going to do it, and then I seen your face through the webcam. Uh, <laughs> but I so that grander son, like he was the chairman of Celtic for a number of years. What? So it's a big Celtic kind of family. So it's a family, yeah. It's a which leads me nicely into my uh-huh. next one, right? Which is the McStay brothers. Right, so okay. you have it's basically a massive 
Celtic family. Three McStay brothers followed in the footsteps of their great uncles, Jimmy and Wally McStay, who's Celtic fans Wally. will know. Uh, Wally. Aye, there's going to be a Wally in there, or a Jimmy, I know. But, <laughs> <laughs> but um, they both, Johnson, we? everyone knows who they are. They both yep. captain Celtic. So then Paul McStay, who was probably, well, definitely the best brother out of the three brothers, yeah. he was... He ended up captain in Celtic as well. He played 515 games. He won three league titles, Scottish Cup, Scottish League Cup. Meanwhile, his other two brothers, Willie and Raymond, another Willie. Willie. <laughs> but this one, a bit of a weird one, Raymond. I don't know where they've got that for. Uh-huh. Like Paul, Willie, Jimmy and Raymond. <laughs> <laughs> so, they, well, die. they all played with Celtic as well. I don't think Raymond made too many appearances. Well, he made like 67 or something like that. I can remember through Wikipedia. And 67. Get this one. Raymond only made the bench. Really? For Celtic and then he moved to Hamilton Ackies. There's actually quite a, there's a, there's a trend that we've noticed going through these types of brothers. They're not types of brothers, I should say, is going through brothers in football. Is that there always seems to be one like that's miles above. If it's three, one that's miles above the rest and then... Another one, another two or one. Aye, well, that's always going to happen, isn't it? Well, my last entry will have you doubting that, but we'll come to that in a minute. Right, okay, no worries. Um, I'm going to go with centre-backs next. It's me. Is it you? It's me. Well, you're going to go with centre-back next. Yes, <laughs> Harry Souter and John Souter. So this one's a bit of a, a funny one, if you like. So John Souter, as we know, has played with Scotland. Uh-huh. But his brother, yep. his younger brother, Harry, plays with Australia. Both that's born it. in Aberdeen, both centre-halves. Harry was destined to play for Scotland, but he's Australian more, and he's opted to play with Australia. And a weird fact about it, he's obviously a centre half. He scored four goals in two games for Australia so far, wow. which is a bit unbelievable. And I always remember just a wee funny story about it all a couple of years ago when Craig Levine was like peak banter. I just always remember him at a press conference talking about John Souter when John uh-huh. was at Hearts yep, yep. and he was doing really well with Hearts. He was still doing well with Hearts, to be fair. But it was just quite funny. It was like, well, John, he's got a, just to let you know, he's, he's, he's Moz Australian. He's Moz Australian. <laughs> and if he's not going to get picked for the squad, I'm not saying, I'm not saying anything. <laughs> but he's, he, he's Moz Australian. And it obviously put doubt and whoever the Scotland manager was at the time, I think it was Alex McLeish or something, uh-huh. and he actually got picked for Scotland for that. Yep. And it's later came out, and it's been said that John never knew that Craig Levine was going to say that. He's just really? like, aye, aye. It's just quite funny to think about, but... Fair play, I mean, one of his players I call up, the Craig Levine gets stick, but obviously it seems to be well-liked him and a respect and trust that Hearts have put in him over the years. Aye, definitely. Um, I'll go on. Is, is it me? I know I've jumped the gun already. Is it me now? Yes, you. You that should is. be doing five. Aye. Our number five um, and the last of our centre-backs is Stephen and Gary Caldwell. Um, Gary Caldwell like, is the one that we're talking about. He's the kind of leader. Not leader, but the the more famous, better brother of the two of them, I'd say. Uh, or as he was commonly referred to as Hood. I always <laughs> remember when I was able to get corners of his just a channel. Hood, 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 Hood. Mainly because he's massive dome. Uh, <laughs> now, I've Biggest memory of Gary Caldwell isn't in a Celtic top, it's not in a Scotland top, it's in a Wigan athletic top. And it was during that time, do you remember when Wigan just used to avoid relegation every single year? Aye. Like the, like the Hamilton Ackies England. 
Mm-hmm. Twice I've managed to get an analogy about Hamilton in this episode. <laughs> um, but it was the last game of the season and Gary Caldwell pulled off a, just a phenomenal goal against Liverpool in like the 90-odd minute to keep Wigan up. Uh, nutmegged two players and then had a shot that nutmegged another two players if he had a corner. Absolutely glorious stuff. If it's Cristiano Ronaldo doing it, you're still talking about it. But because it was Gary Caldwell, it seems to have been forgotten about. Um, <laughs> I'll go into the left wing backs. Uh, we have Graham and Andy Shinney. Aye, that's a good one, aye. Obviously, Graham Shinney um, spent a lot of time at Inverness, Aberdeen, and is now at Derby with David Marshall and Wayne Rooney. Oh, so he is, aye. Good squad, aye. Ashley Cole. Uh, is he Derby, is he? Well, he was, but I don't know if he's like, retired again. Uh, Martin Waghorn as well. No, aye, so You can see Wayne Rooney's in good company, you know? Nah, I suppose, <laughs> aye. Um, well, what, what Wayne Rooney are we talking about? All the Wayne Rooney's in the world. <laughs> Don't ever off me that shit again. <laughs> uh, but they both, both brothers spent time at Inverness together between 2011 and 2013. Graham was there for a longer period of time and they spent more time down south. Uh, that's pretty much all I have to say on him if you want to take us into number seven or centre mids. All right, so this addition in the starting 11 that is was Ian one... Brew, by the way, just to clarify. I don't know, would that make pick that up there? Well, if it has, if it has, maybe something like this. I won't like an Ian Brew. That's tenants. Good on, it is Ian Brew. Um, aye, so this addition in the starting 11 is one that's more closer to home, if you like. Huh? So, as you know, and as I get slagged for in my youth, I have no idea why, but I attended BB's Bumboys. when I was your... Sorry? The Bum Boys. The bu- Mate call it whatever you want you went to scouts and scouts uh, it's well known in this area that scouts is much less than the bb's nah, i.e scouts is well better. bb's greater than scouts no nah, mate we'll put right we'll tell you what we'll do we'll put a, a poll on twitter and we'll say what's better scouts or the bb's mate the bb's was head and shoulders above the scouts right, we'll, we'll put a poll out no, I mean, we'll like the scouts and all like, no, mate, just the BBs were much better. Okay. Probably similar organisation, but the BBs was far superior. Anyway, <laughs> we're not getting into this. Um, <laughs> so the kind of BBs gaffer is you like a great guy, Archie. He was like the leader, if you like. Uh-huh. His two sons both played professional football. Uh-huh. One called Craig Easton, one called Stuart Easton. I know how your story was Craig Easton, hold on a wee second, Craig Easton. That's the boy that was always in your ultimate teams, isn't it? The guy that was FIFA 12, just a bronze player plonked in a middle of team. Aye, Aye, mate. Oh, I was hoping you wouldn't bring us. <laughs> he, he, he was a bronze 60. <laughs> and I had like an unbelievable team and he was like smack bang in the middle of it. Yep. I was hoping you wouldn't bring that up, as embarrassing, it is, uh, embarrassing as it is. But basically, see when you're a wee guy yep. and you meet somebody who's in FIFA, mm-hmm. he's gone in your FIFA team. Oh, of course. And yep. there's an ultimate team card for him. So I... If, Craig, you ever happen to listen to this podcast, then that's the reason why I cheated my ultimate team. Anyway, I can't even remember what I was going to Oh, I, your story last week about Darren Barr. I mean, he just bullied me in full force in the shin. I I, it was kind of <coughs> similar with that way. More Stuart than Craig, because Craig only sporadically showed up sometimes, because he always said, I think he was still playing yep. when I used to go to BBs, whereas Stuart, I think he's, he, well, he is the older brother, sorry. Uh-huh. So he was like... And, other employment and whatever the fuck, I don't have a clue, man. I was a wee guy, but Stuart used to show up and just kind of play football ways at the end and stuff like that. Uh-huh. But they, but <laughs> they like kicked lumps at you. Uh-huh. Two cracking guys, uh-huh. but it was like toughing up your wee prick, as you yeah. said last week with Dan Barr. So, aye, so they both went to my BBs and 
I, I, I don't even know who told me this story. I don't know if I looked it up when I was younger or whatever happened, right? So don't ask me or don't quote me or whatever, but I tried my best to look this one up because it was a bit closer to home with Airdrie. Uh-huh. But there's a story that Craig was playing with Dundee United. Yeah, uh-huh. I think he was their first choice left back or something. He played with like Leighton Orient and stuff like that as well. And Stuart was playing with Airdrie mm-hmm. and they drew each other in the Scottish Cup. Really? So when I tried my best to look it up, I don't know what made me look it up or whatever, which is making me think that when I was younger, somebody told me this. A lot of Well, when I looked up, there was an article on it, but I don't know if they actually played against each other. (laughs) But basically, there was an article when it was on, I think it was the Daily Record or something like that. It was the year 2000 in Dundee United and Airdrie went head-to-head in the Scottish Cup. And apparently, it was just the fact that you've got one brother who's both are Airdrie fans. Uh-huh. One of the brothers played with Dundee United and the older brother played with Airdrie and I think they played against each other and the Nazi and all that was in the was in the stands and that's basically what the article says. It's just all about how when two brothers play each other, it's a bit of yeah, an iconic moment. Oh, two brothers come together. Right, exactly. So next one, who have you got next? I've um for the other centre mid, I've went with uh, Charlie and Grant Adam. Now, I know Grant Adams a goalkeeper, but let's be honest, this is a very, very one-sided sibling rivalry here. Charlie Adams has had a a good career. Uh, when he was younger, he was obviously at Rangers, got loaned out to St Mirren. Scored a week ago. I scored a cracker. Uh, it was a good, nice uh, good goal. Unlucky to get pumped 6 2 enough, but a good goal. <laughs> um, but Charlie Adams, actually, one of my earliest football memories is ruining a good day out. Hamilton were playing St. Mirren in the, I think it was the Ramsden's Cup final at the time. Do you know the Petrofac and all that? I think it's changed his name every two years. I think it was the Ramsden's Cup at the time. We had a, a day out. We got our face painted and all that. And we went to <laughs> the Excelsior Stadium Can't to go and see it. Hamilton in a Cup final. Um, Charlie Adams scored a free kick for St Mirren and then Hamilton collapsed I think it finished 1-0 and it was a ruined day out uh, Charlie Adams obviously went on down south played at Blackpool scored that free kick in the playoffs to put them into the Premier League for the first time in their history get a move to Liverpool not shite there right uh, went to Stoke and then scored that goal into <laughs> Thibaut Courtois own half which is arguably one of the best goalkeepers in the world now Aye. and it's quite fitting this week that we have somebody that scored for their own half in the starting 11 as well Uh I think I don't. I, I honestly, I don't really have much to say about Grant Adam other than the fact that he spent about seventeen spells at Airdrieonians while I'm in the bench. <laughs> <laughs> Another Airdrie addition in the starting eleven. Uh, so the next one I've got is the Ferguson brothers. So obviously Derek and Barry, and obviously Derek's son Lewis, who's now playing with Aberdeen, as probably everybody and their grannies know. So. Derek is the elder brother of Barry. Derek's currently 53, so there's like a nine-year difference between him and Barry. Derek played with Rangers between 1983 and 1990, whereas Barry played in 97 to 2003. Left, went to Blackburn or something like that. I can't even remember. And then he came back under Alex McLeish. So the brothers have played against each other on three occasions during the 1998-1999 season while Derek was with Dunfermline at this time, Barry was with Rangers, and mm. <laughs> it was Derek's last game, right? And Barry scored an absolute screamer. Uh-huh. He was 20-year-old, and I think that just kind of... That's a bit of an iconic moment. Your brother's making his last appearance, and you score. An absolute belter in it. Aye, aye, yep. at East End Park. So the next one that I've got is actually a mad one, right? So they're South African. They all played with Livingston at the same time. It's none other 
than the quadruplets. Quadruplets? Oh, mate, quadruplets, right? Well, as in they more squeezed them out like the one day. Aye, pretty much, aye. <laughs> I take it like that, aye. So you've got Keegan Jacobs and his triplet brothers, Devin, Kyle and Sheldon, right? All four of them played against Albion Rovers in April 2010. Like, literally, the four of them were on the park at the same time. All four of them, I've mentioned, also have shocking names. How? Sheldon, Keegan. Aye, well, uh, Kyle's alright. Kyle's alright, I'll get that pass. Um, but, I mean, that's just mad to think about. Like, the four of them yep. on the pitch at the same time. They joined Rangers Youth Setup after move, after all moving to Livingston as uh-huh. well. They're all from South Africa, as I says. They all play, some of them fucking play with Kelty Hearts and other one plays in Johannesburg and stuff like that. But that's just because there's four of them, effectively, uh-huh. yeah. called So, aye, that's my next one. What's your next well, last one? Well, number 11. I built it up a little bit earlier in saying that this is going to be two brothers that one wasn't better than the other. That the two of them are very, very good. Because I was originally going to go Michael and Brian Loudrup, obviously, because of the Rangers connection. But I've patched that. It's no them. We're going higher. We're going the Pie brothers, or as they were known in the kind of Scottish media as Jedward. Do you remember them? <laughs> no. The two Portuguese ones about Hamilton. Oh, mate, I recent? Uh, uh, about 10 years ago now. But they had to be oh, dancing mate, and stuff recent. when they scored. <laughs> Aye, mate, it's recent about 10 years ago. Aye, they were Jed, they were like, had Jedward YB act. Um, remember there was a season when we were actually all right in the top flight? I mean, I wouldn't say we were good because it was still bottom six and kind of fighting relegation, but. Um, the two of them are having a competition to see who could be the top goal scorer for Hamilton. They both finished on six, which is actually, by the way, that might sound a bit pathetic for an old firm fan like yourself, but six goals in one Premier League campaign is good, good for a Hamilton player. Aye. Yeah, that's good going. And for the two that they get six, was quite incredible. Oh, well then. Yeah, but I believe you have the manager. I do. It's, yep. um, I need to watch what I'm saying. I'll we'll never get this show done, but... Richard Campbell, we're going at right. Fuck it, Dick Campbell, he's a the Abroth manager <laughs> and currently, and his brother Ian Campbell, they were twins. So it's another kind oh, of. So two twins in a row? Shout out in the same day. <laughs> kind of scenario. <laughs> so currently both 66, Dick Campbell as the Abroth manager. Um, they, they've worked together for many years, both in Fernland, where Ian was the coach, and at Brecon City, where Ian and Dick <laughs> joined assistant. When Dick left to manage Patrick Vissel, <laughs> Ian took over the breaking managerial reins. The brothers were reunited at Fall Forfer. I nearly said Falkirk. Falkirk there. No, no Falkirk. Forfer, where Ian was assistant manager. And then the pair worked together once again at Arbroath, which Dick is doing an incredible job there. Aye. Right, that is the start of loving this week, folks. Hope you've enjoyed it. We'll now go into the quick fire questions. Yes. Right, we're wrapping the idea of flipping the pound coin. We're just going to take turns each week to see who can kind of day all right in the quiz. Uh, I'll need to get my stopwatch up. I'm unprepared here, I do apologise. You want to kill time whilst I do this? One minute on the clock. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, your time starts when I finish the first question. Who scored the last goal of the Hearts Dundee game? Halliday. Which Premiership team have never won the Scottish or League Cup? Hackies. Celtic hold the record for most consecutive League Cup final appearances, but how many is it? Four. Who was in goals the last time Scotland were in a playoff final? <laughs> Jim Lane. Who is commonly known as the Blue Brazil? Cowden Beef. Which Scottish stadium is at the highest altitude? Hamden. Calvin Bassey wears what number on his back? Three. 
Which game scheduled to be played tomorrow was called off tonight? Hamilton, man. Who is the youngest manager in the Scottish Sheriff Premiership? Kettlewell. How many seasons are there of still game? Ten. Done that with ten seconds left. I was rapid through that. No. Although I'm massively disappointed in you getting the still game question wrong. I'll just tell you that that one's wrong. Oh, fuck. You went ten. Was it no ten? No, it was nine. But we'll come you tell me this. Is it no ten? No. No, it's nine. Oh, did I get it wrong again? You got it wrong again. <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Who scored the last goal in the Hearts Dundee game? That was Andy Haraday. Correct. Which Premiership team have never won the Scottish or League Cup? It was Hamilton Aki's, no surprises there. Notoriously shite. Celtic hold the record for the most consecutive League Cup final appearances. But how many is it? You said four. four. It's actually 14. Alright, okay. I had a team on it. Um, <laughs> who was in goals the last time Scotland during a playoff final? It wasn't Jim Leighton, it was Rab Douglas. Uh, who are commonly known as the Blue Brazil? Cowden Beath, that was correct. Which Scottish stadium is at the highest altitude? It's not Hamden, it's Broadwood, home of Clyde. Uh, Calvin Bassey. Fuck, and you meant to know that. It's one of the ones you either know or you don't. Like, it's, I've always had it in my head. I got asked it when I was a young boy, and it's always stuck in there. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Calvin... so I must have you that day, unfortunately. No, no. Calvin Bassey wears what number on his back? Three is the correct answer. Uh, which game scheduled to be played tonight? Uh, sorry, tomorrow it was called off tonight. That was Hamilton St. Martin. That was correct. Who is the youngest manager in the Scottish Premiership? Stuart Kettlewell is correct. And how many seasons are there of still game? No, I'm raging on that 10, one. 10 and it was 9. So let's go through. you got Hardy, yep. Aki's, yep. No, no, yep. Yep, so that's 5, 6, 7. 7 out of 10. 7 out of 10. That's all right. All right, that's all right then. Apologies, Mr. Hamilton. Upon a recount, it was actually six out of ten you received in the quiz. Is that right, aye? That's six, not seven. We don't apologise. Try and be more enthusiastic this time. Aye. Uh, we'll move on to the end of the episode exam, which is Hammy's turn to ask it this week. But before you do, congratulations to at James H. Miller once more. Uh, didn't quite get all ten answers, but he did get eight, which was the most of anyone, to the question. Since the formation of the SPL, there have been ten players who have scored three or more hat-tricks in the league. The top league of Scottish football, I should say. Ten answers were Henrik Larson with 12 hat-tricks, Chris Boyd with seven hat-tricks, John Hartson with five, Michael Higdon and Anthony Stokes both on four, Gary Hooper, Kenny Miller, Rod Wallace with three. The two that he missed out were Gary McSwegan and Robbie Winters both with three. So unlucky for not getting the two, but well done for the eight. Um, what's the one we have this week, Harry? This week's end of episode exam. There have been six Scottish players who have bagged hat-tricks in the Premier League era in England. Name them. So, Lester, you name me one, and then the listeners can get the other five. No, no, I've got I've got one. So, it's Scottish players that have scored hat-tricks in the English Premier League, as in since it's became the Premier League. Yeah. Uh, Stephen Naismith. Stephen Naismith is one. Against Chelsea, went it for Against Norwich. Against Chelsea, a couple of years ago. Um, so, listeners can get the other five. At TA Pundits. Just get your answers to us at Twitter at TA Pundits. Tweet will go up. That... Thanks very much for listening, everybody who does listen. We really appreciate it. Um, cheers, Jim. Cheers, Jim.